It's time to get up, get motivated, and start making moves for yourself instead of working to make someone else rich. These are genuine experiences and the stories of real entrepreneurs that made the ultimate decision to live for themselves in order to achieve unbelievable results. You're listening to The Time Is Now, making your business personal. Now here's your host, Kent Clothier. What's up, what's up? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in to the Time Is Now podcast. Glad you made it. Glad you're here. Got a very, very special guest on here. I'm excited for you to meet this guy, Gabriel Garcia. Gabriel, what is going on, brother? How are you? What's up, Ken? Doing pretty good, man. You? I'm doing great, man. Where are you coming? You're coming into us live from Miami, right? Yep, South Florida. Gabriel, I, I invited you on here because we recently started working together, bringing you into our real estate worldwide community. You're a really successful investor down in Florida. You got a bunch of cool stuff going on. You've implemented a lot of cool systems that we really, you know, once we got kind of behind the curtain a little bit, really liked what we were seeing there. So I thought it'd be a great opportunity for people that are tuning into the podcast, people that are tuning in on, on how to kind of become really efficient in their real estate investing business specifically, how they can get familiar with you, what you're doing, how it works, where you see the opportunity, what are the efficiencies you've created in the business, just a bunch of cool stuff. So I thought we'd just get, sit around and talk about it for a little while. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. So, so for the sake of anybody that's tuning in here, or everybody that's tuning in, I should say, tell everybody a little bit about your business, kind of the elevator pitch, where you are, what you do, what you focus on, all that kind of good stuff. So we basically have a real estate investment business here in South Florida. We primarily focus on Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. And we're we predominantly wholesalers for the most part. We do a few rehab. We did about 20 some last year, just shy of 100 transactions last year. I think we had finished off like at 97. And this year, I mean, it seems like it just seems like the market's so hot right now that we're probably just going to move to just straight wholesaling because the risk to reward ratio isn't there. Just from an operational standpoint, it's a much easier business than the rehab side. No doubt. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty much the visionary of the company. I'm always looking for, you know, building key relationships and looking for new ways to drive business and kind of grow the business and opportunities in the business that we're not tapping into. I kind of do, I do a sales training in the, in the business and kind of just train our acquisition people, keep them up to date, best practices on negotiation techniques and, you know, valuing properties and stuff like that. So we're not overpaying and, you know, we're getting the best deals that we can. And uh, that's pretty much it. You know, uh, you know, are there any big problems in the business, I'll step in and try to help solve. But other than that, between me and my partner, you know, everything else kind of runs on its own. I love it. So 97 transactions, 2016, where do you think you're going to go in 2017? I'm thinking we're probably going to be somewhere around, I'd like to be around 120 to 150, depending on how, you know, on the structure we can get this year. What do you see? What's the big opportunity, you know, in your market right now that you see that's going to kind of lead to that growth? Market wise, I mean, I think for us right now, it's just, you know, it's, it's refining the marketing. Um, I mean, that for us, you know, we're heavily in the marketing business. Ninety percent of our deals or more are generated through marketing. So it's basically just really refining that, getting you know the most juice that you can out of every dollar you spend. And we're also trying to explore ways to bring in new deals that don't acquire cop, that don't require us to, to to spend to acquire. For instance, an example would be like. I'm transferring one of my inside salespeople to handle telemarketing calls and seeing if we can just, you know, start telemarketing for specific leads and driving deals that way. And, you know, the only, the only cost of that is paying my, paying her, but I'm already paying her anyways. So I'm, you know, if I can get a deal, I'm saving five grand a pop there. 
for every deal that comes in. So we're trying to also try and scale in a way where we can control costs and, and our profit margin stays at a healthy level. So how long have you been investing? I mean, when, when did you get in the game? Talk to me about that for a little bit. I mean, I think it's always interesting when people learn that, you know, you haven't been in the game that long. No, I started. So November 2012 and Thanksgiting, I went to a risk that poor that seminar. That was my first real estate investment seminar. I was doing. It was the week of Thanksgiving. I think I met you sometime in March. Right. Right. Right after that, it was it was like you were my second seminar I ever went to real estate wise. That was uh, that was 2013. I still really hadn't done a deal. I was I was just kind of learning what I learned from these seminars and kind of applying it here and there. But I didn't really know what the hell I was doing. Uh, I didn't really have a business yet. And then I finally got a mentor. That year of 2013, I think I started with him like around May or June of 2013. Got my first deal like in November of 2013. So that was when I did my my first real estate deal. So yeah, I mean, since my first real estate deal, it hasn't even been four years. It's only been over three years. So in a little over three years, you're up to a place where you're doing right at 100 deals a year in 2016 and think you'll be able to place within the year where you're doing 120, roughly 10 deals a month. Is all that, is that, I mean, a fair assessment? Yeah. Crazy, right? I mean, crazy. Would you, how long, so if I'm, if I'm paying attention here, when did you do your first deal? It was almost a year when you were in the business before you did your first deal, November 2012 to November 2013, right? Pretty much, yeah. So one year, so tell me about that first deal. Tell me, tell me, tell me how that, that thing looked and what it meant to you. <laughs> that, that that was probably the hardest deal I've ever done. It was crazy. I, I probably wouldn't even do that deal today if I had to redo it again. But but I needed it for my confidence um, at that point. It was a complete shithole, right? So this house had a... I forgot what the word for it is called. There's a specific word. It's like, you know, like those castles back in the day, like the castles that used to have like, you know, like a bridge that you cross and there's like water. Yeah, the moat. A moat, that's the word. So it literally, this house had a moat. I've never seen this thing in my life. It had a moat and it had a specific concrete door built for you to open and get into to be able to walk into the house. But there was nothing around the door. It was just a concrete door and it was open. This house must have had like 10 additions done to it. I mean, it was a disaster. I brought one of my friends in who was a pretty successful real estate investor to go see the house. And he's like, dude, just stay away. Don't even bother. I'm like, man, I'm excited because this is my first contract. The bank accepted my offer of like 20K, you know, so... I got this house that, you know, probably like 2,000 square feet where, you know, houses in that area were selling for 150 to 180 grand. I got it for 20 grand. So I'm like stoked. He's like, it just has too many problems. The house had like 50 to 60 grand in liens from the city. It was a nightmare. So I, I had my deposit of $1,000. For me, that was a lot of money. Like that, that was my bank at the time, pretty much. So if I lost that thousand, I pretty, I, I wasn't going to be in a bad position. So my mentor told me, he's like, what do you want to do? And we kept getting buyers who wanted the deal. But then every time they see the search and stuff, then they back there. Everyone will pull out, pull out. We must have had, we we're getting like 50, 60 calls a week on that thing. I want it. I want it. Send me the contract. Send me the contract. Send the contract. Everyone back out, back out, back out. Nobody would go through. So I said, I said, you know what? We're getting so much people. Someone's going to buy this shit. I said, let's risk my deposit. He's like, you sure? I'm like, let's do it. We risked my deposit. Realtor kept calling, asking what the hell is going on. And she was stressing me the hell out. And I, I didn't really know what to say. I had to just make up lies to just kind of extend closing. 
it was super stressful. I was, I was really stressed out because I didn't know what the hell was going to happen. She was pushing me to close. We didn't have a buyer yet. I didn't want to lose my deposit. Finally, I found out this way that you can get the liens reduced in Dade County by like 10%, but you have to close. You have to close and then you have to go through this whole entire process to do that. So I asked my mentor if he would fund the deal. They said they were going to fund it. Then the day of closing, they pulled out and they said they weren't going to do it. Mm. Um, that was the whole super stressed out. Then they, they had a partnership. So the guy who was coaching me personally called me back and said, look, he didn't want to do the deal because the bank's giving him a quick claim deed, yada, yada, yada. But I'll fund it for you because I told you we'd do it. So he funded it. We ended up trying to go through the liens, but so and behold, I put a for sale by owner sign out there and I found a crazy young girl who wanted to buy the house and was in love with the house. And she paid 10 grand more than what we bought it for. Um, we took the deal. Uh, funny story, I drove by the house maybe six months ago. I was, I was near the area and I just wanted to stop by just to see it. Same exact condition as it was. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> so she whoever she whoever, you know, I feel bad for her. She bought it. I don't know. I don't know if they they realized the mess that they got themselves into, but uh, we luckily got out, you know, turned the profit, but man, it was a hard fought profit and it was stressful as hell. What's the biggest thing you learned from that first year, right? Because it took you a year to get to where actually you put ten thousand dollars less what you had to pay your mentor yeah, for the money. Well, so the biggest thing I learned from that deal, you know, basically, A, you have to have balls to be in this business. I mean, I don't really care if anybody else says you got to have balls. Um, and if you're a woman, then you have to have guts. You know, you got to be able to, you know, put some stuff out on the line and really willing, be willing to sometimes put your money where your mouth is and take some losses if, if you really believe in, in, in yourself. And sometimes you're going to, sometimes it's going to work in your favor. Sometimes it won't, but you know, you got to learn how to write with the, I'll take the bumps on the road or the hits on the road and keep moving. And it's a really roller coaster of a business. Like that first deal really showed me how a roller coaster of a business it is. Cause you know, it's not like if you have a product where you sell a hundred dollar product, you know, you have income coming in all the time from that one product. We're in a business that you don't do a lot of volume, you know, so that one, but it's a big pop, one pop. So that one pop means a lot to you and your business. And there's so many things that go wrong. That, you know, unless you're in the business, you don't really know about it. You think it's all, oh, I get the contract, the positive comes in, everything's smooth. I wish it was like that, but that's my minority of the cases. Most of the times it's a, it's a bumpy ride just to get to close. So how long, how many offers did you make in that first year? I made a lot. I was making, I don't you know. Had to guess. I you to, had to guess. So, I mean, what was it? Were you making five a month, 10 a month, two a month? What do you think? Uh, I was making a little over a hundred a month. So you're 12 months in, you've made over a thousand offers and that's, that's how you get your first deal. I don't know if I made a thousand offers to get to that deal because, because I wasn't making a lot of offers until I got my mentor. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Right. You know what I mean? So once I got my mentor, he's like, okay, if you show me how to like go on the MLS and look at REOs and submit actual, you know, actual contracts. I didn't know that until then. I was just, I didn't even know what the hell I was doing. I was just going on Craigslist and calling people and, Looking at other people's email, like I didn't, I had no idea what I was doing. I love the fact that that you know whether it's one or whether it's a hundred and one or whether it's a thousand one. The bottom line is you stuck in there and you did what you had to do, and you certainly wouldn't be where you are today if you hadn't stuck with it, right? So, how's life today? When were you doing a hundred deals a year? What's your life look like now? 
Well, it's much different. Obviously, I don't have to clock in every day like I used to at, uh, at a corporate job. You know, I can afford to, you know, I just had a baby now, so I'm off two weeks. I, I could take off longer if I really want, but I did that. Congratulations, by the way. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. I took a month off with my first child, which was two years ago um, when he was born. Didn't pick, didn't do anything business related for a whole month, but I did not doing it this time around because I got too bored. And then I realized it was too hard to get back in my rhythm after a whole month of That's not funny. doing it. So I'm taking two weeks off this time around. But yeah, I mean, it's nice. I mean, you know, I got, I, I was driving a piece of shit car. <laughs> now I got some of an, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bawling like that. I mean, but I have my nice little Acura, you know, it's nice. My wife's got her little Lexus. I mean, I don't really have to worry too much from personal side, you know, what we're spending, you know, the money that comes in, my salary covers all that stuff. And you're in control. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's different. It's nice. It's, um, you know, it's relaxed. I can, and I can, yeah, I can work as hard as I want or as hard as I don't want to, you know? Yeah. I, you know, one of the things I I, think, the big thing I want people to take away from this game, and part of the reason I wanted you on here is, man, you're, you know, you are just an all American guy, right? You started a handful of years ago, you stuck in there. You were tenacious. You did what you needed to do. You went off and hired a, a mentor, which I know that was uncomfortable. What made you, you know, what made that decision take place? How, how did you arrive that, I mean, I, I, I got to get serious about this and go get a mentor. How'd you get there? Well, I knew I needed a mentor from day one. I guess it was kind of easy for me because I don't, like, I, you know, I, I belong to a spiritual path where we call it a master. There's a master, which is, I mean, the guru, I guess, or there's a, there's a, there's a teacher, however, whatever word you want to give it, but. Having that person in my life, I mean, transformed everything. And like, I learned things that most people will never learn just because they don't have that guidance. And, and also, you know, what it took me so much years and heartache and, and so much, you know, uh, things to go through just to, just to understand basic things that a mentor can give you fast, showing your learning curve. So the concept of a mentor was already, I already understood it from the beginning. You know, I think a lot of people nowadays, they hear a mentor and they like, you know, they, they get defensive. I don't, I don't need a teacher. I don't need a mentor. You know, that ego pops up in there. But, you know, for me, it was kind of easy. I already knew the benefit of it. I'm like, man, I'm already grinding here two or three hours every single day after I get out of work. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. And at least I was, you know, at least I was, you know, man enough to kind of acknowledge that I knew I had no idea. And I need help. Like, I need someone to kind of just say, Gabe, this is what you need to do. A, B, C. And, you know, you go to seminars and you learn and you get good ideas. But the problem is when you're, when you start, there's so many ideas, you know, and if you're a visionary type, it's like, oh, I want to do this. Oh, I want to try this. Oh, I want to try this. And you have 10, 15 things that you want to do and you don't do any of them and, or, or you don't do any of them very well at all. And you don't, you don't do it to the point where you just focus on doing just one thing for a long period of time and just get good at that one thing until you see it pop. And so having the mentors like Gabe, stop the bullshit. Just stop everything. Just do, just do this. Just send offers and follow up. That's all you have to do. It's accountability, so, right? Yeah. So by me doing that, I can, it just, it worked. So then when it, when it wasn't working or when I'm like, it wasn't getting as fast as I want, that's when I would just call and say, man, you know, you're telling me to do this. I don't see it happening. And he would just say, hang in there. You know, this guy's, you know, I could show you five people who are going through the same thing as you and doing this, but just hang in. So. Okay, change my mindset, go back in, good attitude, do it again, do it again, and eventually, you know, it did pop. Hey, this is Kent, and thanks for listening to the show. Listen, if you're an experienced real estate investor and you're just looking for a way to make the business easier, 
You're in the right place. This is exactly what we are known for. Do yourself a favor. Go check us out at thetimeisnow.com. Right there on the page, you'll see an offer to get access to a special offer that we're running right now for monthly access to our SMART system. SMART system stands for Strategic Marketing and Real Estate Training. It is an opportunity to get our best-selling software at a huge, huge discount just for being a listener. Now, when you get in there, we'll give you access to cash buyers, nationwide access to a list of cash buyers, nationwide access to all of the deals uh, throughout the country, vacant properties, properties that have a, a ton of equity in them, properties that are, are deeply discounted and easy to flip, as well as nationwide access to our private lender database. Again, do yourself a favor, get signed up for that low, low monthly discounted offer over at thetimeisnow.com. So what happened after that first one? I mean, how, how long till you did your next one? I think I closed like two more that year. And then I closed uh, by March or April, I already had done like four or five. And one of them was a big one. One of them, I was going to get like 35 grand from something like that on a wholesale. I was already itching to quit my job. I was uh, I was spending a lot of time taking calls on my job and everybody knew what the hell I was doing. Everybody knew I was running a business. Yeah, but around that March time, I started getting in trouble. I got reprimanded by my manager a couple of times because they, they, they saw me always on the phone. That kind of pissed me off once I got reprimanded for it. And I just told my wife, I'm like, I'm like, look, I want to leave. Like, you know, I know, I know, I already know I can make this business pop. We've already seen three or four deals come in. I've had to split 50% with the mentor, but after, you know, after this fourth deal, that's done. So now my income is going to increase dramatically with the next few deals. And I know I can do a lot more because I'm only working one or two hours a day and then some hours on the weekends, but that's all I was doing because I was working eight hours a day. So I wake up at 5 a.m., spend an hour or two sending offers and following up. And then during my lunch break, I would just make calls and follow up on all, on all the offers that I had out. So, you know, there wasn't that much time. So I had to get the most juice out of the small time that I had. Right. And yeah, I mean, I, I ended up dick quitting. That deal actually got delayed like four months, which is another story in itself. And it was super stressful because I didn't know. There were some months where I had to delay paying bills because I didn't know how to pay stuff. But... um but yeah, after that one closed, you know, then more deals just kept coming and little by little the business just kind of grew and it got to it got to where it is now. I love it, man. It's a very, very inspiring story. I mean, now you're on your way. You're recognized as a leader in the industry, certainly a leader in your market. You got things that are moving in the right direction. I mean, that's exactly what life's about. So let's talk for a minute about what's going on. Because we're about to, we're running a little short on time, so I want to make sure I, I get to this. Let's talk for a little bit about what you are teaching inside of our academy right now. What people, you know, how that can really help other real estate investors that are out there right now. So let's let's talk a little bit about kind of what what you've put together and and what we're getting to ready to roll out. Yeah, so we're teaching the uh, transaction coordination, the VAs, and the and the building your power team. Right, those three. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, for the building, I think the building your power team and the and the hiring VAs is just great because, especially for the building your power team, you kind of it kind of gives you the guidelines and the outlines of where you're going to grow and how you know what people need to start looking for to to add to the team to to get your business up and running. For the VAs, you know, a lot of people sometimes don't hold off on hiring because they can't afford it, but you can hire somebody for three, four, or five bucks an hour. A lot of people don't know that, so kind of. Instructing them there on how you can utilize VAs to grow your business. Um, that's all we use for the first year and a half or two years is just VAs. So, you know, that, that's, that's great. And then the transaction coordination side, if you've never done a deal, 
you know, that'll just give you the ins and outs on everything you need to know how to close a transaction. And if you have, and if you are doing some deals and you want to hire somebody, you can just give them that and they can just run with it and pretty much just have it as their training manual, operations manual, just follow. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's really all about taking a business to scale, right? Removing yourself and actually turning it into a business and giving yourself the ways that you're going to be able to step out of, right? A transaction coordinator is, is obviously somebody that's going to do a lot of the, the, I don't want to call them mundane. They're important tasks inside of the organization. But as you're growing, there's an obvious need there for people to step in and be able to help coordinate, tie up all the loose ends. And this is a job that people typically don't want to slow down and, and train for, right? But it's really important. It can take a great deal off of your plate, especially with a guy like you when you're a visionary, right? You're looking down the path. You're trying to figure out what we're going to do for marketing, how we're going to get around this corner, how we're going to get around that corner. If you've got to slow down and, and get into the the day-to-day you know, crossing the T's and dotting the I's on contracts and deals and comps and all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's problematic. So I'm really excited that, you, that you're going to put that that in place so that people can understand one, how to do it, but two, so that, you know, anybody out there today, any investor can sit somebody, a person in their office in front of a computer and suddenly we're going to train them on exactly what it looks like to be a transaction coordinator. Equally, I mean, I think the same could absolutely be said about virtual assistants, right? What, I mean, what kind of role is virtual assistants played in your business? Huge. Um, we still have them. I, I still have the same VAs that we hired. We have uh, we have four VAs right now in our business, and they're a pretty integral role of the business, especially in the marketing, and because they do all the administrative stuff that I don't want to do. And you know, I can hire somebody here to do it, but I have to pay somebody thirty, forty grand to do that, and I can pay a VA thousand dollars a month or eight hundred bucks a month, and they do it. And it's the same quality work and. You know, and it's a win-win. I met one of my VAs in India. I was talking with my, friend, my partner the other day. She's got a beautiful condo in India. I mean, it's like, it's like gorgeous. Like they're balling in India, you know, with the thousand dollars a month that we paid. And I'm like, man, I'm like, their place is nicer than my place. You know? <laughs> you know? And they're happy. They give you their best. And, you know, they're, they're, uh, you treat them like a regular employee. They're, they're part of the team, you know? Yeah, you're creating a win-win, right? I mean, you have the ability to manage somebody and, and leverage it from a from a budgeting standpoint. But there's a lot of people, as we both know, that back away from that. That scares the hell out of them. How do I? W- number one, how do I hire somebody? But how do I hire somebody virtually? So I'm really excited that you're going to slow down and, and train the people inside of our academy and again walk people through the process of how to go and find these virtual assistants, train them, manage them, measure them, make sure they're bringing real value to your organization, make sure they're taking care of your customers. Because what I mean. What all jobs can a virtual assistant do in an organization? They can do all types. I mean, I, I've seen people who even utilize them more than I do. My experience has been I don't like them on the front end side of the business just because like there's there's a lot of technical difficulties that happen. You know, in India they get power outages and and you know Philippines too, and you know sometimes their internet has problems and stuff like that. But I, I like them on the back end. But for instance, like just to give you an overview of what we use them in our business. I got a VA that does all our short sales negotiations. So when a, when a property comes in, that has to go through short sales. She deals with all the coordination of the short sale and the lenders. We have two VAs in the marketing department and all they do is constantly scour public records to build our, our, our list. When people call and they're upset, they remove them from our lists. When, um, when those lists get updated, they update them. They're constantly just cleaning stuff out the list and just keeping those lists up to date. Um, and that's, you know, it's, it's not a full-time gig for both of them, but, you know, maybe 20 hours, 30 hours a week. Yeah. And then we have another girl on our, on our staff that just does all the skip tracing. So every time, we, you know, 
we, we lose somebody or we need to find someone, you know, she just does a skip trace and she calls, she finds the people and she transfers them to us so we can get in contact with them. I love it, man. I'm excited. I'm really excited to share it and, and get people on board. This is a, a huge thing we see in the industry, right? That there's so many people that are afraid of scaling their business, of growing their business because they're just uncertain of how they're going to possibly hire somebody and train them and get everything up to speed. And, you know, if we can solve that problem for them and basically say, Hey, get them hired, sit them in front of a computer and we'll train them for you. I think that's a, I think that's a real opportunity for everybody out there. So I'm glad, glad you're a part of it. Glad that uh, this is kind of the next chapter in your story is kind of putting you out in front of people and, and allowing people to learn directly from you. And I'm, I'm glad we were able to put it together. Last thing here. I just want to, um, what's, what's, you know, you've been through a lot, right? So how many total transactions have you done now, right? Probably about 150, somewhere in that neighborhood, a couple hundred. Oh, 400. Okay. So in 400 transactions, you've run, been running a business now for three or four years. Now you've had more than your fair share of ups and downs. And, you know, as you said, all kinds of different properties, all kinds of different buyers and sellers and everything else. What's the, what's the, the, the best piece of advice you've ever gotten as it relates to being an entrepreneur? For me, one of the best pieces of advice, and it's not really entrepreneur advice, but I can apply it to, I apply it to everything I do, is basically reach for the highest and everything in life will fall in place. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a paraphrase about that in the Bible, I think, um, with, some, with some similar quote to that way. But I kind of use that for everything. I apply that same model to everything that I do, um, whether it's business-wise or, or health-wise or family-wise. I just focus on the one or two things that I know are the most important and I don't worry about the rest of it. Um, and I, and I just, you know, by focusing on the, on the, on the highest priority, everything else will resolve itself. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of like, you know, I, that's always kind of stuck with me and that's kind of like my, my, uh, I guess my mantra sort of say that I, that I kind of run. With. I love it, brother. People want to reach out to you, Gabriel. They want to get in touch with you. They want to learn more about you. How, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Facebook, <laughs> I guess. Facebook and Gate and look up Gabriel Garcia. What's the name of your company? Uh, FL Cash Home Buyers LLC. They can look us up online too, FloridaCashHomeBuyers.com. FloridaCashHomeBuyers.com. Cool. We'll put links right in the show notes here. And I appreciate you being on here, brother, and sharing some of your wisdom and a lot of the cool things that are happening in your business, man. You're, you're an inspiration. And I hope that there's people out there been paying very close attention and understand that this is all about, man, just hanging in there, doing what you need to do being really passionate about it, not giving up, not giving in. This is not a destination. It's absolutely a journey. And when you frame it that way, then, you know, you, a person that's in that frame of mind, they can't be, they can't be beat, right? I mean, because you just keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a motivational video you can see on YouTube by Will Smith. Forgot the name of it. It's called Will's, Will's Wisdom. Yep. Will's wisdom. There's one that there's one where he talks about where he says that where he was competing with uh, he was competing with a guy on a treadmill or something, and the guy was like, he's like, you know what? He's like, I'm just gonna, I'm either gonna die or, or but I'm not getting off the treadmill, you know. And I kind of I kind of use that too. I'm like, you know what? I'm either gonna die or it's just gonna work. I'm not, you know, it's one or the other. Yeah, we'll actually link out to that YouTube video as well. On there, basically, he says, um, when I get on a treadmill and you're running next to me, one of two things is going to happen. Either I'm going to die or you're getting off first because there ain't no way you're beating me. And I agree with you totally, man. It's such an, that's a great video. So inspiring, man. And it's, I I can't even tell you. I mean, I've played that at a hundred events because it's such a cool, cool, cool video. Yeah. 
All right, brother. I appreciate you. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds good, man. Appreciate it. Peace, brother. Take care. All right, guys. Thanks for uh, tuning in today. As always, do us a favor. Leave your comments. Leave your reviews. Let us know what you think. Let us know uh, how we're doing and what more you want to hear, you know, what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of, all that kind of good stuff. We pay attention to all of that. So give us a shout out. Let us know what's going on. Go on to iTunes and and uh, make sure you review us there because uh, that iTunes will kind of spread the word on us. And uh, if we're doing good, you know, do us a favor and share share this podcast with with your friends. Until we meet again, peace. Take care. You've reached the end of this episode, but there's plenty more for you over at thetimeisnow.com where you can sign up for our free mailing list to help you make the next big shift in your career. As always, we'll see you next time on the Time Is Now podcast where your business is personal. 